Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, baby! This is Score More with Garrett Sister. Let's go! Hey, what's up, everybody? Score More is back. We're here every Tuesday. Man, it feels good to be here. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad I'm here. And it has been a minute. I cannot believe we are back, but we are. And we're new and improved. So it's been a while. Let's talk. You know, we've got a new schedule coming out now. If you don't, now you do. Five days a week, we're going with this uh, podcast network. You'll see me here every Tuesday, score more with Garrett Sisti. Wednesday's Jamie's show, the walkthrough. Thursday, we're going to have a mailbag show with all three of us. Friday, Craig's got his I Got Five on it. And then Sundays are going to be after hours where we'll talk about the game after it ends. Of course, we'll be doing it on Thursdays or Mondays or Saturdays or whenever the Chargers play. But right now, here right now, is score more and it's going to be here every Tuesday. And this is awesome. I am so glad to be here. I am so excited to bring the show back and I'll tell you why. It is new and improved. As you probably already seen, as you've already noticed, you saw in the intro, that video is different. 
music's the same because it's still rocking. I, I couldn't get rid of it. I'm, I was still grooving to it off frame there before I did the, the slide in here, but music's the same intros new, but this whole show is new and improved graphics. Not me music, not me, except I'll pick the song when I play it on the audio version of this podcast, those songs up front, those will be me, but everything else in here is going to be from somebody else. And that person is my friend, my companion, my best friend in the whole wide world. His name is Eddie. And he is going to be doing graphics for me. He's going to be doing music for me. Beautiful. And I'm not paying up <laughs> because well, <laughs> unpaid internships, baby. That's what we do. <laughs> We're getting more money here at the Lightning Round Podcast. And so I was able to bring on an intern. And so Eddie's here with me doing all the cool stuff. The sound effects. So anytime I'm talking and you hear some... I've got a big f***ing boner right now. Finish him. I'm sure there's going to be more sound effects that aren't going to cut me off and all that. Kobe! And I'm sure there'll be more appropriate sound effects, but Eddie's going to be doing it. He's the man on the board, and he's going to be doing all the graphics. So if you want to see me, like, shoot. Pew, 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 pew. Or I could go this way. Pew, 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 pew. Something in my, put something in my hand. That's Eddie. That's all Eddie. Right there. Video effects, everything, that's Eddie. So if you ever see me look off and look at him, that's Eddie. So if you see me uh, doing a little side eye here, it's it's because of my intern. And by the way, the Scoremore Twitter handle, which is at ScoremorePod, is going to be run by Eddie. So Eddie's going to be doing all that stuff. He's going to be doing all the legwork here on the podcast. I'm going to provide all the content. He's going to help sprinkle in that razzle-dazzle. And we're going to have a hell of a show here on Lightning Round Podcast. So thanks for joining me. Let's get to it. Eddie also told me like all these quick cuts and stuff are going to be something that makes this podcast move. More power to him. I don't care as long as he doesn't make me do anything stupid. Do that. Da, do that. Done, done, done. So as long as he doesn't make me look stupid, which I'm sure he will because he's my longest friend and that's what friends do, especially when you're out in public and you've got a lot of people watching you and listening to you. I'm sure he will do something embarrassing at some point that'll happen in the editing bay that I will not be a part of. So we'll see how that goes. But, 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 but just in case, I got to tell you guys a story about Eddie. Now, he's probably not going to want me to tell this story, but just to give you a little background on what kind of guy Eddie is and uh, the fun we've had. So Eddie and I grew up together. He's been my best friend since first grade. Uh, we live next door to each other. And we once... <laughs> he doesn't like this. Because <laughs> he knows... <laughs> we, want... <laughs> we went to a bonfire once. <laughs> so, Eddie... <laughs> 
Eddie and I went to a bonfire. We're probably like in our teenage. We're probably what, like 10 or 11 at that point? 10, <laughs> 10 or 11? Yeah. So we're at the bonfire. We're at a bay. We're in Mission Bay in San Diego. We're at this bonfire. And we have a bunch of friends over. Uh, my family had like started this bonfire and they like saved this pit for us. And my family had left and Eddie and I and a bunch of other friends of mine were all hanging out at the bonfire. And Eddie was so fun. <laughs> and that is one of my <laughs> favorite stories from Eddie. Um, and just kind of the guy he is, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll do anything for a laugh. Um, and that's why he's my buddy. So, um, you're, <laughs> so you're probably asking yourself like what the format of this show is, as you've seen, you know, there's a lot of bells and whistles going on in this show like this. Um, that's going to happen from time to time. Even one of these moving on to the show. So you're probably wondering the format. So the format is now after hours is going to have the raw emotional take of what happened during the charger game, like right after it ended. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to watch the game again and then talk about some more storylines that happened within the game. Maybe some things we missed on after hours, maybe just going more in depth on the stuff we talked about after hours. We'll review the chargers game. Like we always do. We'll talk about chargers. That'll probably be the first thing we'll talk about, but also we're going to talk about everything NFL. So, you know, I'll talk about storylines. I'll talk about games that happened, um, some funny things that happened, maybe some not funny things that happened. There's going to be a lot going on in this show, not just the razzle-dazzle like one of these. That's not going to happen throughout the entire show, but uh, you're going to see in this format that we're going to go from Chargers to NFL. So a lot of people have talked about like, hey, you know, my friends like love your show. Um, but they get kind of bored because, you know, they don't really follow the Chargers. So bring your friend on because I'll talk about Chargers, but I'm also talking about all NFL. So that's what I will be doing throughout the show. And that's what our new format will be for Scoremore. It has been a minute. I dropped Scoremore. We went heavy on the Lightning Round podcast. Now we're back. We're expanding. I brought the show back. I knew it was one of the first things I wanted to do. And I wanted to upgrade it, really. So I did. And here we are. Score more. It's been a while. I don't even want to look at the last episode I recorded for Score More. It's been that long. And it would hurt me to know how long I've been away. But we're here. I got my own solo pod again. I kind of have done some like quick hitters, some training camp reports, uh, some breaking news and all that stuff. But doing a full-fledged show like this is exciting and i'm glad i get to do it so you're probably wondering what have i been up to what has garrett been doing in that time because we've been away a while i also take a break during the summer take a little summer sabbatical so that i can kind of rid myself of some of the toxicity happening on twitter and all that i am in the discord though so if you're not on patreon subscribe definitely do that go subscribe to patreon for sure so you're wondering what i've been up to why i haven't been online as much why i kind of want to rid myself of the stuff going on on twitter which has changed a lot 
and why I'm more in Discord than I am on Twitter, even though now I'm going back on Twitter more or X or whatever you want to call this thing now, which, by the way, I'm going to call Twitter. I'm not calling X. I don't care what the logo looks like. I don't care what the icon on my phone is now. Don't care. It's Twitter. Their tweets, their retweets, their likes, their shares. Is there shares? Are there shares on Twitter? There's quote tweets. There's not, there's quote tweets, not shares. There's quote tweets. There's tweets, retweets, all that stuff. There's not, I'm not, I'm not doing the X thing. I'm out on it. So that's another thing. I'm going to give my personal opinion on stuff, but what have I been up to? A lot. I've been recording some drum covers. I tried this NPC phase, didn't really work out. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Good puppy. Good puppy. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mom! I made friends with Post Malone. What's going on, Garrett? It's Posty. Come um, on, man. <laughs> I know it's you. I f love you, man. And um, thank you. Thank uh -huh. you for listening to my music. Thank you for loving okay. my music, man. Um, keep kicking ass. And. Dude, I can't wait to meet you, man. Um, whenever you're ready to rock and roll, I'm ready to rock yeah, and roll, man. man. Let's, Let's come see it. you at a show. Let's and I, I love you so much, man. I'll see you there. Um, I'll see hey, you soon, well, buddy. I got you. You want to come on my podcast? Oh, he's gone. He's gone. What else have I been up to? Well, I went to the Quidditch final. I got body shamed by Lizzo. Quit as Rachel Ziegler's publicist. Put Miss Piggy behind bars for stalking and aggravated assault. And most importantly, I won this ship, baby. Basketball championship. Head coach, third and fourth grade boys. But you can call me a lot of things, some of which are probably true. But make sure you put basketball championship winning head coach in front of it, baby. Okay, so you're here for the football talk. Here we go. We're going to start off with Chargers. I'll go on to some NFL storylines. But what I want to do here for the Chargers is there's no game, so there's nothing to really talk about. We went over all the preseason stuff on After Hours. We did 53s and the cuts and how we feel about the roster now that's all done so let's do something a little bit different for this segment here about the chargers let's talk about how and if the chargers will be bad and how and if the chargers will be good so basically like the things that could go wrong for the chargers for the team to be bad and the things that could go right for the chargers to be an actually good football team. And I don't want to just say like, oh, Justin Herbert gets hurt or like lightning strikes a stadium or something and whatever. Nothing that's out of the realm of like, you know, doom and gloom. So let's start with the bad and then end with the good. Let's just talk about some things where if these things pan out, the team will not be bad. Not saying they are going to pan out, just that if things head this way, the team will not be good. And if the things head the other way, the team could be good. So this is not negative nor positive. So I am neither being too negative, nor am I being a 
cheerleader for the Chargers. I'm basically somewhere in the middle here. I'm being neutral and telling you how the team could be bad and how the team could be good. Let's get after it. All right, so the bad. This tight end group for the Chargers, they stink. They stink out loud. I know Gerald Everett is a nice little kind of average starter here for the Chargers, but after that, Donald Parham hasn't been able to stay healthy. Trey McKitty struggles to just play the game of football, and Stone Smart, while he was good in the preseason, that's just the preseason. Who knows how he is against NFL starters? That's against second and third team defenses. Well, granted, he did pretty good against the 49ers first team defense. Still, he is an unknown at best. That's fair? Yes. The Chargers had to absolutely improve the tight end group this offseason. They did not do it in free agency. They did not do it in the draft. And now here we are from a Gerald Everett injury away from being, honestly, no hyperbole, the worst tight end group in the NFL. This could go down without Gerald Everett, one of the worst tight end groups in the NFL. Now, is it the most important part of the Chargers offense? No, it is absolutely not. But this is not a very good group. It is not very deep. And even at their peak, I don't know that they're a top 15 group, you know, above average. If everybody peaked, I mean, if we're not, you know, Madden creating player, making up stats for uh, what Donald Parham could be type scenario, are they top 15? Maybe, probably not in my mind. So to be honest with you, this is a really, really bad group. And on top of that, they're not a good blocking group. Gerald Everett, hit or miss in my mind. Pretty good at times, sometimes not. Parham, not great. McKitty, worse than Parham. Stone Smart, showed some of preseason. Again, he is an unknown. So this is a group that is not very good. Gerald Everett can help uh, with some yak ability when he stays healthy. Hopefully, Kellen Moore will help maximize his role in this offense. But if you're looking at this, honestly, Gerald Everett is an average starting tight end in this league. Let me ask you, are you drafting Gerald Everett in your fantasy league right now? You're not. As a backup, maybe. Are you in a 20-team league? Because you're not drafting Gerald Everett. Not in a 10-team, not in a 12-team, not as your starter. And that's how we judge players on fantasy stats. Just remember that, kids. Here's another reason the Chargers could be bad this year. They trust Aloha Gilman too much. The Chargers have had problems at free safety for a while. Last year was a mess when they had to rotate Nasir Adderley in packages and Aloha Gilman in packages. While Aloha Gilman was the best of the bunch, I don't think he was good enough to not give him competition in camp. JT Woods is still progressing. Uh, he showed much improvement this preseason, but I don't think JT Woods is enough competition for Aloha Gilman. They could have really used a veteran free safety to compete with Aloha Gilman and then let them really battle it out in camp, see who the best player is, and then whoever wins that battle in camp, whether it is Aloha Gilman or the veteran, they start week one. That, to me, is the better way of building a roster out. Let them compete in camp. Don't just hand anybody a job. If they win it, they deserve it. They earned it. I don't think Aloha Gilman has done enough to just hand him the keys week one and let him be the starting free safety without giving him a little bit of competition. The Chargers did that. Now you could argue that JT Woods was competition. I don't think he was. 
behind him, a lot of UDFAs, former UDFAs. There was no true competition. JT Woods was not that. He had a redshirt year last year, even being the third-round pick that he was. But JT Woods was not ever competing for a starting role in camp. He just wasn't. And that's fine. They have to slowly build him up, and that's fine. His progression was nice to see in the preseason. But in my mind, Aloha Gilman, while he's flashed at times, he has not done enough on the field or in camp to say, you are the starting free safety, we're rolling with you, without a single person to compete with him in camp. I'm not saying Aloha Gilman is not a starting free safety in the NFL. He could absolutely pan out. I think he deserves a shot to be a starter. And I think if he would have got some competition, he could have earned it and played day one, week one. He will, but I don't think he's really earned it without any competition. That's what I'm saying. And while it could pan out, I think if he continues that kind of hit or miss in tackling and even some issues in coverage at times, Chargers could give up a ton of yards on the back end. So while he deserves a shot, I think they should have given him some competition, and I think they just trust Aloha Gilman too much. Here's another reason why the Chargers could be bad, and it's on defense again. The linebacker group is still a weak spot. It has been, and it continues to be. Now, they signed Eric Hendricks, which is great. He's an upgrade on paper, but we're talking about a 31-year-old linebacker, a guy who had his worst year in coverage last season, and there were signs of decline last year. The system should help him. He should be better in this group. But if Kendrick starts to bottom out, like a lot of linebackers do when they hit that 30-year threshold, they could be in some serious trouble this year. Kenneth Murray had his fifth-year option declined. He is in a prove-it year, just as a player in general. Now, that's something he hasn't been able to do uh, his entire career, which is prove it prove that you are the commodity we traded up for as the chargers did in the first round. He hasn't been able to do that. The chargers hope that he can ascend next to Eric Hendricks. Uh, there's been hype in camp about him doing that, but if he doesn't, and he's the canine we all know and love, then the chargers are in trouble. The rookie Dion Henley, he's still a work in progress, has some flashes in preseason, but is he the guy? Not a guy that's going to be starting a lot of minutes early on. A guy that's still learning the system. And then everybody after that are a bunch of special teamers. Nick Neiman, Amin Agbangamiga. Those are all special teamers. There's not a ton of depth there. And they're very light. This second level could be a weak spot for the Chargers in 2023. And then last but not least on why the Chargers could suck in 2023. Does the run defense still stink? They did a lot two off seasons ago to improve the run defense. SJD, Austin Johnson. They've drafted guys in between with Tito, adding guys like Gerard Clark, who's on the practice squad, but Scott, Scott Matlock, Morgan Fox. They try to bulk up the run defense. Khalil Mack, you could even add to that list, helping improve the run game. But they gave up 144 yards last season. That was sixth worst in the NFL. So looking at the team from last year to this year, they're not going to have a Tito Abonia for the first four games. They drafted Scott Matlock, but everybody else is pretty much still intact. Is that enough to improve the run defense? There were a lot of injuries to that group all last season. It's still kind of an unproven element of this defense right now is can they stop the run? Because that element killed them in 2022. 
can they improve the run defense? Are they any good? Is just adding Scott Matlock enough to improve your run defense? Is health going to be enough to improve your run defense? On paper, the answer is yes. Yes, they can stop the run. But on the football field, is a totally different thing. So the question is, does this run defense still stink? All right, let's spin it a little bit more positive now. Here's why the Chargers will be good in 2023. Kellen Moore is going to open up this offense. He had the number one offense in both yards and points in 2021. He had a top six offense in points scored in three of the past four years as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. He's had success with Dak Prescott, whether he was injured or not. The Chargers finished top half in points and total yards in a pretty lethargic offense run by Joe Lombardi that generated very little splash plays. That number is going to skyrocket under Kellen Moore. And he's got a much better supporting cast here with the Chargers than Moore had in Dallas, especially at quarterback. So Kellen Moore is going to open up this offense. Another reason why the Chargers are going to be really, really good this year. Justin Herbert has the best offensive line he's had his entire career. Rashawn Slater was a fringe top five left tackle his rookie season. Then he got injured and everybody forgot about him. Everybody's sleeping on Rashawn Slater. He's going to be back. And you've got one of the best left tackles returning to this offensive line. Zion moving to his natural position at left guard now. Jamari Salyer, who did amazing as left tackle, filling in for Slater when he got injured last season, is now kicking into his more appropriate position which is right guard, which will be right next to Trey Pipkins, who had his best year as a right tackle last season. And of course, the field general, Corey Lindsley, improved the entire line, even with all the injuries last season. When he was playing as a starter, the entire line was so much better for him. So those five together, light years better than any other offensive line Justin Herbert has ever played with in his entire career. And that's going to help in two facets. One, He's going to be able to get a lot more time to get the ball downfield. And those five guys up front should help improve the run game, which was a struggle last season. Another reason why the Chargers are going to be good this year is Justin Herbert has weapons. Last year, he did not have his full supporting cast around him. The wide receivers were injured throughout most of last year. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, Gerald Everett was banged up. He did not have a full supporting cast. Now, everybody's healthy heading into the season, and they added the first-round pick, Quinton Johnston, to this offense. So, Herbert, quite honestly, is set up to have his best year of his career and is probably, right now, in the fringe talk of possible dark horse NFL MVP. When you think about the addition of Kellen Moore's offensive coordinator, an improved offensive line, an improved supporting cast on offense, he's already good. Justin Herbert is already great. Now, he's probably going to start getting some buzz around NFL MVP. And that's why the Chargers will be good this year. Lastly, defensively, the Chargers are going to be good because they've got continuity on defense. There isn't much new blood on the defensive side for the Chargers. You've got Eric Hendricks, who's going to replace Drew Tranquil for the starters, but everybody else is pretty much returning. Lohai Gilman, Going to be a full-time starter now. Wasn't a full-time last year, but pretty much towards the end of the year was. Uh, was swapping out with Nas Adder Adderley and uh, Aloha Gilman. They were swapping out together. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but he's the free safety. Derwin James, 
back, strong safety. Corners are all the same. And you even add in JC Jackson, who's coming back healthy. Edge rushers are going to be able to play together. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. Bosa, who was injured most of the last year, is back, returned. Now they're going to play with both of them together, which we have all been waiting for. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see on the interior. Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, they're all back. Almost the entire defense for 2022 is back. Again, outside of Eric Hendricks returning. But now they all have another year in the system. And they have a little bit more confidence playing in the system and playing together. That should help this defense going into 2023. Then you add Thule as some gas off the edge. Uh, in this uh, edge rusher group, which they did not have last year and they needed so, so badly. They got Thule. Dion Henley is there as some linebacker depth. You've got Scott Madlock, who's going to come in as a run stuffer with some pass rushing upside. The rookies that they were drafted this year are going to add some real strong depth to this defense. So you've got all these veterans around. You add in some young bucks to add some nice little depth. And quite honestly, this defense could be pretty good with another year in this system and have some confidence playing together. So continuity is a thing defensive coordinators, coaches, and GMs talk about all the time. The Chargers have it here for 2023. And if they all stick together and play together, they're going to be pretty good this year. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No All right. So that's how the charge could be good. If everything rolls right, they could be really good in 2023. And also, if things fall apart, that's how they could be bad. If you like it, don't like it, let me know. At Garrisisti or at Score More Pod. And Eddie will let me know. He'll forward me all that stuff, and he's going to be tweeting there, just so you guys know. Ask or more pod at Garrisisti. That's where we're at. Also at Lightning Round and Lightning underscore Round, I think, is the Twitter handle. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Talked about some things that could be good, could be bad for the Chargers. Let's talk about the division because I think that's fair to start to assess the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Broncos, and basically my biggest questions heading into 2023 for each team going over the roster, going over the storylines, going over their draft, free agency moves. Let's talk about basically the biggest question in my mind for each team. Let's start with the Chargers' biggest rival for the crown of the AFC West and uh, have not really come close. Well, I mean, close enough, but not close to winning it quite yet. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs. The question for me is surrounding Chris Jones. Can Mahomes score enough points to make up for the huge, huge loss of Chris Jones for the Chiefs right now. They're in contract troubles right now. They're not very close. 
Chris Jones recently was liking tweets about getting traded to Dallas. So it the relationship isn't very good. They gave Chris Jones an offer, which obviously wasn't good enough for him. He's even like in tweets about trades could mean something could mean nothing right now. He is not in camp. He is not ready to play week one. He's not going through walkthroughs. He is not at practice. They could be in the long haul here with Chris Jones. And that is bad news for the Kansas city chiefs and this defense because they lost Frank Clark, who was really good for them in the playoffs. Really during the season, he was like a no show, but uh, always flashed <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, he was very good. He's gone. And they're depending on George Karloftis to carry the load as a pass rusher. Is he going to be good enough this year to carry the load as a rusher? The corners for the Chiefs are pretty young and suspect. They were good for a, a stretch of that season and then a uh, last season and then kind of fell off towards the end, but did enough to uh, win a championship. And outside of the linebacker group, which I think is pretty good, headed by Nick Bolton, they look pretty thin everything everywhere else without Chris Jones. Mahomes is the best player in football. I think we can all agree that Mahomes is the first player drafted in any redraft. If you put everybody in an NFL pool and wanted to start your franchise today, I think you're drafting Patrick Mahomes. He is the best player, and he is an absolute wizard on the football field. With that said, he can score a ton of points. But is it going to be enough points to back a worse defense this year? Because that's where they're headed. Without Chris Jones, which is really the guy who keeps this engine moving for this very subpar, middle-of-the-road type Chiefs defense, can Mahomes score enough points? Probably. The answer is probably. But this defense is worse. Maybe one of the worst groups he's going to be playing with in his young career without a guy like Chris Jones. He is so talented. Just like I mentioned, Corey Lindsley makes the entire offensive line better. Chris Jones makes the entire defense better when he's on the field. And without a guy like Chris Jones, you're struggling on defense. And I don't know that Spagnola can put enough together and kind of duct tape and piece together enough in that interior to that group good enough. So for me, can Mahomes score enough points without Chris Jones? So it really hinges on Chris Jones. I still think they're a playoff team, but are they good enough to win a Super Bowl without Chris Jones? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a question. That's the biggest question for me in a very, very good football team in Kansas City. And I think it's a legitimate concern not having Chris Jones. Now, does it make them not a playoff team? Again, I don't think so. I think they're a playoff team. But... Mahomes is going to have to score a lot of points. And if anybody can score a lot of points, it's Mahomes. But without Chris Jones, it's going to be a big question heading into the season. All right, next up is the Raiders. My biggest question for the Las Vegas Raiders is, how is this transition going to be from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy G is hovering around an average quarterback who has won a ton of games in San Francisco, but mostly behind a very, very stingy 49ers defense. Derek Carr could not push the Raiders over the threshold. So I understand the move to get rid of him, but Carr had the arm to keep the Raiders in games. Their defense has been bad for a very, very long time, but Derek Carr had the arm and was a gambler 
and did enough to keep the Raiders in games. They didn't lose a lot of blowouts. They were always pretty close. And Derek Arm kept them in games and won them games, quite honestly. How is Jimmy G going to survive in a with a bad defense? He has only had very, very good defenses in San Francisco. Jimmy G is not a gambler, not like Derek Carr. He is a very low-risk quarterback. He does not pump it downfield a lot. Uh, there's been questions about his arm strength, but quite honestly, he's just not a guy who's going to yuck it downfield like Derek Carr will do. He is a guy who is a very middle-of-the-field type quarterback, which is going to make uh, Devontae Adams a very good fantasy play this year. But I don't know how you're going to be able to survive with a Jimmy G calculated risk type quarterback with a bad defense again for the Las Vegas Raiders. Can Josh McDaniels open up this offense enough for a quarterback who does not take a ton of chances like Carr did in his system last year? He's going to have to score a ton of points because his defense is going to give up a ton of points. I know they've got a lot of rookies, but for most of the league, Many believe that the, this is a transitional year for the Raiders. We'll see how this transition goes from Derek Carr, the gunslinger, to Jimmy G, the uh, low-risk quarterback. That's the biggest storyline for me with these Raiders. Lastly here, the Broncos. Can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Is he a magician? Because Russell Wilson looked washed. And I know people are going to point to that last game against the Chargers at the end of the year, but he looked bad in Seattle years before the Broncos traded for him. Can Sean Payton fix him? The offensive supporting cast is banged up. Can Payton harness the powers of multiple man and just clone a bunch of good players multiple times and roll into the season with him? Can Payton manipulate timelines through his psionic powers like Cable to bring back the 2014 version of Russell Wilson? The roster isn't very good on paper, but can Peyton conjure up Eldrick magic to harness the energy from other dimensions of the multiverse? I don't know. That's the biggest storyline for me. Is Sean Peyton a literal magician? Does he have superpowers? How much magic can Sean Peyton pull from Russell Wilson from the heydays and make him look like he was the 2014 version of Russell Wilson? All right, let's move on to NFL. Let's just go over some storylines going into 2023 because I've got a bunch of them that I'm pretty excited to see going into the season. The first one is young guns. Of course, with these young quarterbacks, you've got the rookies. You've got CJ Stroud and Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. But not only that, but there's also some teams that were really bad last year that saw some flashes from some young quarterbacks. Not that they blew the doors off of their seasons in 2022, but they flashed enough that they're basically pushing all their chips in on these quarterbacks, which on a side note is the year to do it because this 2024 QB class looks absolutely stellar. So for these teams, you push your chips in on these young quarterbacks. If it works out, these quarterbacks are really good. Then you've got a young quarterback of the future. If it doesn't work out, then you've lost enough games to get a pretty good quarterback in 2024. So this is the year to do it. But I'm thinking of guys like Kenny Pickett for the Steelers. Perfect preseason. You know, he's got Deontay Johnson, he's got George Pickens, but is he good enough to win football games? I mean, it seems like Tomlin always is good enough to, you know, get over 500, but is Kenny Pickett's small hands good enough to push the Steelers into the playoffs this year? I don't know. Desmond Ritter, 
He's got some really good young talent around him. He's got Drake London and Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts. Is he enough to win some games this year? I know Falcons were really bad with Marcus Mariota last year. He flashed a little bit when he played uh, in spurts. I guess he had a pretty impressive camp, but he's a starting quarterback for the Falcons. Are they going to be any good this year? And then Sam Howell of the Commanders. They love his arm and his toughness, but are they any good? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. It doesn't seem like any of these three guys are world beaters, but we're going to see in 2023. That's why it's one of the bigger storylines. You can even throw in Mac Jones in this conversation. I know um, he's not a second-year guy, but I mean, he's flashed a little bit, but the Pats are ready to push the chips in with him again this year. Is he good enough to get them to the playoffs again? To a lesser extent, Jordan Love. I know he was behind Aaron Rodgers, but has he flashed enough? I mean, they, he was groomed to be the guy, but is he going to be enough to give them a playoff run? I, I don't want to include the Bucks in this conversation because they're running with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask for no reason other than to probably get a good quarterback. And then the Arizona Cardinals are just openly tanking in front of everybody and nobody's saying anything about it. Everybody's just fine with the Arizona Cardinals getting Caleb Williams and that's that. I mean, nobody, nobody's saying anything. The Cardinals are tanking. Everybody knows the Cardinals are tanking. But here we are. Those quarterbacks, the young guns. I'm, I'm interested to see those rookies. Uh, it'll be interesting to see those three guys. But they were drafted really early. They're going to be with this team for a while. But in terms of Howell and Pickett and Ritter, even Mac Jones, are they kind of just stop gaps before another quarterback? Or are these guys going to be able to be franchise quarterbacks? Next storyline, turning back the clock. I mentioned Russell Wilson earlier, but this is about Aaron Rodgers and his situation with the Jets, which I think is going to be an interesting thing to watch this season. He's been on an obvious decline. Uh, it happened two, three years ago. You could just see that he's fallen off a little bit, but he is now with the Jets with a much better defense and a much better supporting cast around him. So is this going to be like Peyton Manning where... He's just going to do enough and the defense is going to carry him to the playoffs or deep in the playoffs or is Rogers just shot. Next door line for me, chunky Munkin. I love Todd Munkin as an offensive coordinator candidate for the chargers. Obviously they went with Kellen Moore, but he's with the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And I am very intrigued about how this offense is going to look under Munkin. Greg Roman was basically just a dead weight for the Baltimore O, and Munkin will not be doing as the Roman do. He will be airing it out much more, getting chunk plays, chunky, chunk. You saw, you saw what I was doing at the beginning, chunky, chunk plays with Munkin. He's going to help air it out. So you got OBJ returning. Is he going to return to form? Are you finally going to get something out of Rashawn Bateman? Is he going to meet expectations finally? How do you unlock Zay Flowers in this offense? If anybody can do it, it's Todd Munkin as an offensive coordinator. So I am very curious to see the Baltimore Ravens offense under Todd Munkin. Next up, the McCarthyism offense. Speaking of play callers, Kellen Moore out as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, now with the Chargers. And you've got Brian Schartenheimer as the offensive coordinator in title. And Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays. So McCarthy's gone on record saying he's going to run the ball a hell of a lot more this season. And he thought Kellen Moore was just airing it out too much. I don't know. But Moore is gone 
as offensive coordinator. Zeke is gone as a running back. So Tony Pollard is going to see a big workload. Obviously they added Brandon cooks to this offense. Is this offense going to take a step forward or is it going to take a step back under Mike McCarthy? When he took over plays for green Bay, green Bay went down. He's now taking over plays for the Cowboys. We'll see how that all works out. What I'm curious about here with McCarthy is if he does hold this team back, is this relationship with Dak, which is already teetering by the way, does it kind of boil over if the offense starts to just dip? Is this the year that Dak and the Cowboys finally have a beat out, drag down fight? The relationship there is hot right now. It is on shaky foundation. And if this offense goes down after firing your offensive coordinator and the head coach takes over play calls, what's that going to look like? Another storyline, the lion's share. The Detroit Lions look like they could be so much fun this year. How good are they really going to be? That's going to be the question. This team is very, very young. They're probably going to have four rookies starting for them throughout this year. Is Dan Campbell crazy enough for all this to work? That's the questions I'm asking because this just looks so much fun on paper. I bought a bunch of Jamar Gibbs stock in fantasy, so I don't know if he's crazy enough for it to work, but I believe enough in Gibbs in this offense and Ben Johnson. So this Lions team could be very good, but there's so many fun storylines from this group. Not only just all the rookies, not only just all these young guys, there's kind of this redemption story with Jared Goff and how he's just thrown away and tossed aside in LA and Amon Ron St. Brown's motivation for all the wide receivers that was drafted before him and trying to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Now Campbell being absolutely out of his mind. I think they're going to make some noise in the NFC. I feel like when the lions were really, really bad, they played really, really hard for Dan Campbell even though they lost a lot of games. They played really hard, and they were a tough out every week. They lost a lot of games, but I don't know. When the Chargers aren't playing on TV, this is the team I'm watching on TV, the Detroit Lions. This is going to be fun, both defensively, offensively, all these young guys. Are they going to pan out? I just, Brian Branch, Sam Laporta, Jamar Gibbs. I'm just, I'm really, really excited about this group. Jack Campbell, I just want to see all these guys playing in Lions uniforms. That's the team I'm going to be watching when the Chargers aren't on because it's going to be a show regardless. All right, last but not least, storyline. We'll bring it back to the Chargers. We will end where we started. You don't know where you're going unless you know where you've been is a thing I've heard a lot. Let's talk about the Chargers. Very last storyline. The last one is all about Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco's hot seat. So a good portion of the fan base wanted both Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley fired last season after that playoff collapse against the Jaguars. Injuries have been an excuse for a while for both Telesco and a little bit for Staley. If Brandon Staley doesn't get to the playoffs, in my mind, they're both fired. It, there's so many expectations for this team. They've improved it through the draft. They got just a few more pieces that they think could help them push them over the edge. If they don't make the playoffs, I think both Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley are probably fired. Now, if they do make the playoffs and it's a one and done again, is making the playoffs enough to keep both of them? If they win one game and then get embarrassed by a team like Kansas City or Buffalo or Cincinnati in the next round, 
is that enough to fire both of them? Because it's like they can't compete with that upper echelon of AFC teams, which they're trying to get to now. Is that enough to fire both of them? In my mind, they're tied together. Tom Telesco has hired three different head coaches. Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, now Brandon Staley. He's not going to get a fourth. And if Brandon Staley is bad enough that he gets fired, Tom Telesco's going too. He is not going to hire a fourth head coach. So if you're a betting man, if any of these guys get fired, Tom Telesco gets fired before Brandon Staley if they don't get fired together and they're not tied together. So that's only if things fall apart. But how hot are these hot seats for both the general manager and head coach going into 2023? Because to me, that's kind of the biggest storyline outside of just the minutia of the roster and player performance and all that. If the Chargers underperform in 2023, for me, all eyes are on GM Tom Telesco and head coach Brandon Staley. That's it. Episode one of the new and improved score more in the books. I don't know how many total episodes this is, but let's start it back over. Let's run it back. Episode one. We're done. That's it. This is what it's going to be like every week. Obviously, it's not going to be a general storyline type podcast, but we're going to talk about the games that happened the week before in the NFL as well. This is going to be a lot of fun. This or this? Either one? This or this? It's going to be fun. So thanks for joining me, guys. Score more with Gary Sisti. That's it for me. We'll see you next Tuesday. And let's just hope the Chargers score more on Sunday.